Thank you for joining us for a literal author chat today. We hope to provide you with an opportunity to share insights with your classroom and author whose work is on the literal platform. So first I'll introduce you to our author, Jacqueline Guest. Then we'll have a chat and you'll be able to share with your students. And I hope that your students, uh, I hope that your students uh, possibly see a little bit of themselves in Jacqueline, her work, her process, her success, and really just her excitement for reading and writing. And after all of that, we'll tell you educators um, about some of uh, Jacqueline's other work and anything we mentioned today, like websites or book titles, we're going to repeat that at the end and we'll also include it in the email. So don't worry about tracking it as we're talking, just sit back and relax and enjoy the chat. So having taken care of that um, housekeeping, welcome Jacqueline, we're glad you're here. Thank you and good morning. Good morning. So I'd really like to tell our listeners a little bit about you, uh, but please interrupt if you want to add some color or if I get something wrong, which is very possible. So <laughs> uh, Jacqueline is a Métis writer who lives in a log cabin in the pine woods of the Rocky Mountains in Alberta, Canada. And that's where you are today, right? Yes, that's where I am. Busy that writing in my cabin, talking to kids and talking with you. Writing in a cabin sounds pretty great. I think that sounds like a pretty good way to spend your summer. So well, it's lovely out here. We had a mama moose and her calf around this morning. So it, it makes for an interesting morning when you go out <laughs> to see how the weather is. That is incredible. Wow. Well, you have written quite a few award-winning books and they're unique in that a lot of the main characters come from different ethnic backgrounds, which is why we love having you here on Literal, including First Nations, Intuit, and My Mighty, Mighty. I'm going to get it right. Um, her well-drawn characters face issues common to children such as bullying, blended families, physical challenges, strong role models for today's youth. And I love that you're blending both of those things together, these unique backgrounds with these common challenges. So she has presented to students and educators in Canada, United States, Tanzania, Ghana, and the list goes on and on. And you have participated in lots of public events where kids have a chance to come and meet a real author, um, Saskatchewan Aboriginal Literacy Gathering, which sounds so neat. We could probably do a whole nother presentation on that. I would love to hear about that. Um, and you're the recipient of the prestigious Inspire Award for Arts, which was formerly the National Aboriginal Achievement Award. And one of the things that I also noticed is that you were named to the Order of Canada. And so some of our US students may not know what a very big deal that is, but that's a very big deal. Um, and that was for your ongoing efforts in the world of literacy. So we are really lucky to have Jacqueline here with us today. And I mentioned it above, but a really interesting part of Jacqueline's work is how much time she spends in classrooms. So if you go to JacquelineGuest.com, you will see right on the first page how many students that you really go out there and see. It, it took my breath away. So if you're interested in Jacqueline's work or having her come to your school, um, don't worry. Again, we're going to include all of that information with the recording and Jacqueline will talk about it um, today, I'm sure, since it's such an important part of her work. If you're currently on the free educator license with Literal, you won't be able to see Jacqueline's books, but just reach out to us and we'll get that fixed for you. So from Alberta, it's exciting to have you here today. And you mentioned Thanks. earlier this week that you just finished visiting a whole bunch of schools. 
why is that such a priority for you to get out there and talk with them? I, I find it vital and critical, actually, that we find a way to get authors in front of students. Nothing makes an impact like having an author stand up in front of you and say, reading rocks, and this is why you need to read. And here's a book that just might grab your attention um, and get you away from TikTok. And for me, making sure that we make it a team effort. Teachers, oh my gosh, they work so hard to get their kids to, to read. But unfortunately, often it's curriculum reads, which are not what appeal to, to, uh, to students mm -hmm. often. Mm -hmm. But then we talk to our library goddesses. Our librarians are the most vital link in getting our kids to read because librarians know their clients. And when they know a child is interested in horses or interested in astronomy, that librarian will go to great lengths, including buying the books herself, in order to put that book in her, in her students' hands. And so for me, making sure that I can interact with students is very important. And pre-COVID, I was on the road quite a bit. And often I was on the road on a shoestring because schools help me pay the bills and we wanna keep the costs low. But since COVID, we have been doing Zoom, Google Meets, uh, Teams, and all of a sudden the cost becomes very reasonable because I'm an electronic version. It's not quite the same to kids because I can't hug them. I can't encode them in person but I am in front of them virtually. And I always offer to the students, all my students, once we've connected and we have, even if it's electronically, they have my permission to get in touch with me, to email me, to ask me questions. Teachers, please get in touch. Um, if your students have questions, just email me their list of questions about any of my books that I've written and they have read. Um, and I have 20 novels out there plus um, level reading. And I would be happy to work with you to encourage kids to look further into the books, to dig deeper into those books. Comprehension is very important. And the more we encourage our kids with those little carrots, like we're gonna have an author talk when we're done reading the book. So make sure that you read very critically and you come up with the great questions for the author. Once those kids have that little carrot in front of them, man, it's, it's a team effort and we all win because the kids are reading and uh, that keeps me writing. And so that was my next question. Why do you write? So to get books in front of kids, it sounds like it's one of those reasons. It is because, uh, you know, writing now is not as cumbersome as it used to be. It's all done electronically. Everything is electronically editing back and forth to your, to your publishers, back and forth um, to your distributors. Everything is done virtually. It's done through electronics. But um, it still comes down to sitting in front of a computer for 8, 10, 12 hours a day, Monday through Monday, um, to get that book written. And for me, um, it's worth it because there is absolutely, Annalise, there is no joy on earth like having a student come up to you and say, I read your book. I read your whole book. Right to the end. It's the first book I've ever read. And you know, all of a sudden, this child is just so excited about reading because that one book, that one perfect book was the switch that turned it on for them. And so I keep trying, I keep writing because I want to produce as many different books for as many different age groups as possible in order to reach 
that student that is waiting for that perfect book. That's oh, that's, why I wrote. that's so fantastic. And I think those of us who've been in the classroom, we've seen a few of those magic moments and they really are magic to see that happen. And Absolutely. this contact with authors that you have talked about a couple of times, did you have that when you were in school? Did you know any authors? Oh, Annalise, I only wish, I wish. <laughs> I grew up in a very, very small prairie town in Alberta called Turner Valley. And when I grew up, that was like, oh, long ago, just after the dinosaurs roamed the planet. <laughs> oh, there was no library in our school. There was no library in our town. And so I grew up with just two books. Oh, our family wow. didn't love me. We couldn't afford to buy books. I had two books and I read those books over and over and over again. And I was I was so thrilled and, with, and excited with reading because I could live next to the character. I could go on their adventures. I was, I could dive into a book. I was safe in the book and I controlled everything in the book because if it got too scary, I could just close the cover and everything was just fine. Um, and then Scholastic came to town. This is how old I am. Scholastic came to town and my two brothers were not readers. They didn't read, but I did. And so I offered my brothers a deal. I would do their chores for a month if I could have their Scholastic book choice. My mom didn't care. Oh, I remember the Scholastic book choice. So my brothers just jumped at the, at the chance to get out of doing the dishes or taking out the garbage or mowing the lawn. But you know what? They always thought they put one over on me and won, but I know I won because my little library grew and grew and grew and grew. And I was absolutely in heaven. I had books. Mm. If I had had an author, stand in front of me at the front of the classroom and say, you're doing the right thing for training to be an author. You are reading books. I think I would have been an author years, years ahead. Really? But in small town Alberta, you know, authors are, they live in some ethereal place. They live in Toronto, they live in New York, they live in, you know, someplace fancy. Mm -hmm. so for me, um, I never had a chance to see an author, a real live author until I was an adult. Wow. And that I want to get in front of as many kids as possible because I, I was there. I was, I remember what it was like to just, I wish I could ask the author why they did this in chapter four. Why did you do that? And if I could have, it would have turned a, a really great book into a fantastic book. Mm. But when you can't reach out to the author, there's always that little, you know, that little wrinkle, that little frown and wrinkle you get in your forehead when something's not quite right. Right. So I like, I like to put myself out and make myself available for students and teachers and librarians. So two thoughts after you say that. The first is if you're a student and you're listening and you get that little wrinkle on your forehead, it sounds like uh, you're mm -hmm. right. Jacqueline and she will help you out. She will help you smooth out that wrinkle on your forehead. And the second yes. is, I'm so glad that you said authors don't mind if you ask about their books because I read Firefight and I have some questions for you. Well, you came to the right person because I wrote Firefight. <laughs> wow, and we're both here. <laughs> so I have a 12 year old daughter and she and I read Firefight together. And about halfway through, um, and I won't give anything away, but there's a really tense part about halfway through. And both of us were pretty sure 
we knew what Kai would decide to do and how things would pan out for her. We disagreed, but it turns out we were both very wrong. Um, but we were <laughs> very surprised. I, right. know. I, I was really surprised from an adult perspective. I was surprised um, and happy with some of the choices Kai made after facing some really terrible things. And my 12 year old uh, just thought she was just like strong and you know, all those things that that uh, we know that young teen girls and boys can be. Uh, but it got me thinking, do you know what choices characters will make before you start writing? And do they ever misbehave or change their mind on you? Oh yes. <laughs> I am a firm believer in writing a thorough synopsis. And kids, a synopsis is, it's just a book report on a book that isn't written yet. <laughs> so I just write down on a page, this is what's gonna happen in my story. This is what my characters are going to do. But you know, sometimes my characters misbehave. Yes, I talk to them and talk to them, but they still go out and they go and do what they want instead of what I have written down in my synopsis. And that means I have to go chasing after them, lasso them, drag them back into line and tell them, this is the way the story's going. Now, get in line. We're gonna make this story work. But you know what, you guys, sometimes the characters know more than the writer because when I reread the passages where it's gone off what my script was, sometimes I realize, you know what, this is the way it should go. This is what, this is what should really happen. But then if I go in that direction, what that means for a writer who has carefully plotted out all 12 chapters is that I have to go in all, all the continuing chapters and I have to change the storyline. Mm -hmm this tangent that my characters have gone off on but you know what that's the joy of writing is your characters kind of come to life and they get they have a mind of their own plus they do things that are they're the things I would have liked to have done they oh. are the strong you know really smart girls and boys out there that you know I wish I had been brave enough to be like the characters in my book but when I was growing up, I was kind of a little wallflower. I was really shy and I never said boo to a mouse. And I certainly would never have talked to an adult the way that, you know, Kai in my story talks to adults. Just, she's very brave. Mm -hmm. And it is my hope that when young girls out there read this book, they realize, you know what? Yes, um, Kai is kind of cool. I like her, even though, okay, I'll be honest. She's a little bit out there, a little bit out there. <laughs> But for boys and girls that are reading the book, you know what, I hope they see themselves reflected in the pages of the book, both the bad part and the good part, because there are there are no perfect characters in books and there are no perfect people in the world. And what we need to realize is that, you know what, it's okay to mess up. Mm. What you gotta do is you gotta fix that mistake. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off and go forward, keep going. Make a better life for yourself just like my characters in my books realize, you know what, I messed up, I better fix this and I better fix it now. And so for me, making sure that kids know it's okay, it's okay, we all have problems, we all make mistakes and this is how my characters corrected theirs. Maybe they can see a way that they can, kids can, can help correct their own mistakes in their own lives. Um, for me, it's a, it's a connection. I want them to understand that the books are written a lot of the events that happen in my books, Annalise, um, I actually know students, teens, young people where these events have actually happened to wow. them. I don't 
or anything. Mm-hmm. But in the book, I always want to make sure that there is a positive outcome because uh, often kids live in worlds that are not perfect. And so to be able to come out at the end of a book, reading a book and smile because the character wins in the end, you can cheer for the character. Um, that is mentally, I think that is a very good way to end a story. And it's very healthy for our kids to read positive role models and positive endings in books. And I know a lot of authors go, well, that doesn't reflect life as it is. But when I'm reading a book, um, I, I can watch the six o'clock news if I want to see all the bad stuff out there in the world. But when I read a book, I want to feel good at the end of it. I want to go through all of those you know, all of those adventures with my characters. I want to go all up the mountain and down into the valley and cross the oceans and, and beat the fires. But I want it to come out with a happy ending when I'm done. And so that's that's kind of the why I I do it the way I do in my stories. That really makes my characters sense. agree at the end. They'll come back and they'll go, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I may have gone off on a little trip here on the side, but at the right. end, um, we all come together and we create a really good ending in the story. That makes me think of in Firefight, in one of the very last lines, I don't think I'm spoiling anything here. Um, and hopefully everybody listening has read Firefight already. But at the end, she says, I was proud to be an Indian. And she talks about what her gram would have wanted for her. Um, and so many of the difficulties around her haven't resolved really neatly, uh, but she's able to resolve for herself. And so I love that idea that students can see a little bit of themselves and maybe learn from Kai's journey there. Like you said, people aren't perfect in books or in the real world, right. but we can, we can find some happy, some happiness for ourselves, like, like Kai did. Um, such a great, yes. And we help each there. other, you know, we help each other. If you see someone, um, and you know that they're they're hurting, that they're in trouble. Uh, maybe reaching out, giving them a hand, offering to help. Maybe that's something that will that will appeal to you and help you um, feel better about yourself. Oh, I love that perspective. Um, it's so fun to talk to you about Kai since I feel like I know her, and it makes me wonder if you have favorite characters or a favorite book that you've written. You know, I'm always asked this, what's your favorite book? And honestly, my books are like my children, okay? <laughs> I can't have a favorite. You're not supposed to have a favorite kid. So I mean, you have a lot of books behind you. It would be hard to pick a favorite. That It would be very hard. Well, it is because you spend, you know, like from, from the time you get the idea till the book comes out, often there is a year of blood, sweat, and tears in there. Oh, um, no. And so you spend, you know, or longer. Sometimes it takes two, three years to write a book. And so it's very hard to choose a favorite because in order to stay in front of your computer and write that book day after day, there has to be something special about the storyline. There has to be something special about the characters. There has to be something that makes you want to continue to write that book. Mm. Um, so I think, um, then you have to edit it. Oh my gosh, you guys, when your teacher says, take your paragraph back and edit it and fix the mistakes. She's just helping you understand what's waiting for you down the line when you write professionally. So do Editors, people still do that to you? Do you still get red marks that you have to update? And <laughs> red pencil editors, that's what I call them. Red pencil editors. Um, yep. 
But you know what is really cool about teachers that help edit your stories, editors that help edit my stories? They make it better. They take this little rough lump of coal and they turn it into a shiny diamond because we often, um, we have blinders on and we can't see that we've made a mistake. You know, we just, we should have corrected something, a storyline, a characterization, something. But editors are trained to do that and teachers are trained to do that as well. And they, when they ask you to change something, they're not being mean. They're trying to make your product, your story, your paragraph, the very best it can be. And so listen when your teacher suggests, this might need a little work. Or if you're older like me, when your editor said, take out these two chapters because That's they a lot of work. writing. That would be really hard. Oh my gosh, it's so, so hard. But how long chapters take you to write? I think students would be really interested in this. How long might two chapters take you to write? Um, well, I try to write every day, you know, at least a page or two pages, which sounds like not a lot because there's only really in a manuscript page, they're double spaced and they're 12 font. So there's only about 250 words on a page. So I try to write two, three, four pages. But the problem is um, sometimes you get kind of stuck or sometimes you get unstuck and the throttle gets cranked up and all of a sudden you're just writing and writing and writing. And then my poor husband comes home and says, um, it's seven o'clock, can we have supper now? <laughs> so, um, it can go either way. It can be very slow because you're being very careful and you're working your way through the problems in your storyline. Or it can all come together so beautifully that you just have to write and write and write and write to get it on well on the page not necessarily on the paper but on the page on your computer so sometimes it can take a day to write a page sometimes i can write four five six seven pages in a day wow i think that is so fun to hear um from a student perspective i would have been really interested to know that because sometimes we feel stuck in our own work and it's good to hear that it yeah. happens to adults who write as well sometimes you just have it and it just comes and other times it sounds like you really have to work to get those those letters on the page so you could still be an author in the making and have a hard time sitting down to write i think that's really reassuring absolutely i always tell my kids there are no mozarts amongst us you don't write something once and it's perfect no, that's your draft. That is your first copy. No one can write perfectly first time out. And and if you think you are, maybe have a teacher or a friend read your story. And here's a little tip, writers out there in the audience. Read your story out loud. Read oh. it out loud. Listen. Because you use when you read it out loud, you use a different part of your brain. Mm. And all of us your ears are catching mistakes that your eyes just jump right over because your eyes go, oh, I know what you meant. It's okay, keep going, keep going. But your ears will make you stop and say, this is wrong. You made a mistake here, fix it. So a little tip, and I tell my adult writers this too, read it, read it out loud before you hand it into your teacher, or in my case, send it off to my publisher. And at one point I had four dogs. Well, I actually had, I had 11 at one point, but I had four dogs wow. and they're big dogs. Newfoundland, Newfoundland and Great Pyrenees dogs. Oh my and what goodness. I would do, don't judge me for this, Annalise and kids out there in the audience. I would make my dog sit in a row, <laughs> in, my room, in my log cabin, 
and I would read my chapter to them and I would read it with excitement and I would read it with emphasis and I would read it with all the passion that I wrote it with and the dogs would just sit there and wait for their cookie because they know at the end of reading they're going to get a cookie and this is they were my audience always my first readers were my dogs and now I have one dog and she just kind of lifts her head and looks at me and then goes back to sleep while I read my perfect prose <laughs> I love this. I think we need a picture of that on the website so that when we go visit it as a class, we can see it. Oh, our time together has gone so fast, but I know that teachers and students are going to want to know if they want you to come to their classroom, how do they get a hold of you? And what books do you have? And how do they find those? We have some on literal, but you have a lot more other places too. So tell us about that. Okay. Well, I would love to come and visit with you um, in person or virtually. If you go on my website, www.jacquelineguest.com, you will find a bunch of information about my books. And I have 20 published books wow. for kids grade three, four, all the way up to high school kids. So there's something for everyone. Plus teachers, there are many programs that I offer to students. Um, because I believe if you're going to bring me, go to the trouble of bringing me into your classroom or arranging a virtual visit, um, I want to be able to give you programs for your kindergarten kids, for your middle grade kids, for your junior high and for your senior students, because it's a big deal for teachers to take time to arrange all this. It is incredibly time consuming. And so I try to make it as easy as possible for teachers by listing all my programs, especially my First Nations, my Métis and my Inuit programs, which are wonderful ways to introduce kids to um, Indigenous people, Aboriginal people, and a little bit of the culture, but always adventure first. And then um, I can we can discuss afterwards. And if they have questions about any of the books, we'll discuss, we will have a chat. Absolutely. I've always got the teapot on and we can sit and have a lovely discussion virtually. Or if I come into your classroom, I would love to read some of your work. And um, because you read my work, that's only fair. And we can discuss the programs. A lot of the programs have to do with writing, mm. uh, things across stories or educating about um, Indigenous people in, in my case, in Canada's past, but in North America's past and also encouraging kids um, to write for themselves. And I figure that if I have the programs, teachers can choose for what age group they want. And they can also order books from me. I have all of them listed on the website with a short little blurb and to give you an idea of what is age appropriate for your students. Uh, I give class discounts for books, which always is helpful for, for librarians and teachers because budget is always you know primary. And so I try to do as much as I can to help teachers. And I think that um, because you, Annalise, you reach such a wide audience, um, I want them to know there is a resource out there. I am that resource and I would love to work with them. Uh, together, together we can do anything. Right, kids? Fantastic. And, you know, just from the short time I've spent with you and reading the book with my daughter, I can tell you that it would be a delight to have you in a classroom. So teachers, 
take advantage of it. Start with Firefight. If you haven't read any of Jacqueline's other work, you'll be hooked. Your kids will be hooked. Um, I'm partial to it because it's my favorite and Kai's my favorite, but you could, you may have a different favorite when you bring Jacqueline uh, to visit with you. So, Thank you so much for being with us today. Everything Jacqueline mentioned and all the resources I mentioned will be included in the email and the post that this is part of. And we thank you again, Jacqueline, for taking time to talk with our young authors and readers out there. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Fantastic. That was a lot of fun. It was. Yeah. Okay. Let's, and we came in just right on time.